Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Tall Girl 2. You do not have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, please be aware that there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? I am well. You are looking exceptionally tall today. Oh, yeah. You can't even see my face because I'm so tall. I'm a tall man. You're so tall. You are indeed tall boy. Tall boy. Now, isn't isn't that a drink? Isn't that like, isn't that a beer? I think uh, a tall boy is a, it's a kind of uh, cupboard. Oh, yeah. It's a chest of drawers, isn't it? A, a tool bag. That's right. See, the thing that, our, that we put our TV on is the, like a wide cabinet that I call a long boy. And my wife <laughs> a thinks it's a wide boy. No, <laughs> I call it the long boy. And my wife thinks this is ridiculous. But I, that's obviously come from the fact that a tall boy is the tall equivalent. So why not? Why don't we have long boys? Yeah, where's the. I want the wide boy. The, the squat boy. <laughs> squat boy. That's what I want. No, that, that just makes me think of like a bulldog. Who's a squat yeah, boy? That's true. Who's a squad little boy? <laughs> um, a tall boy is it a drink as well? Is it? So there's um, there's a song by The Offspring. Um, I think it's called Perfect Day. It's not a cover of the Lou Reed song. Um, it goes, If I had a perfect day, I would have it start this way. Open up the fridge and have a tall boy. Yeah. And I can't remember how the rest of the song goes or what album it's from. That is, it is from Conspiracy of One, That's because right. I recognise what you were singing just now. Oh, good times. I'm glad you, you're able to share your knowledge of The Offspring. <laughs> Funnily enough, I was listening to them just before you came on. Um, while I do the washing up, sometimes I, yeah, I, I went for like my, you know, Spotify does algorithmic mixes because it knows you. And most of the time I'm listening to my Castlevania sound team remix, but um, um mix playlist you know but the, i turned on to my punk remix my, my punk mix today and the, and the first song was um you're gonna go far kid by the offspring so listen to that oh, while i did the washing good. up so so i've had a little look and a tall boy is a type of can for beer so it's like a long tall one which is apparently 16 us fluid ounces whatever the hell that is what the hell is that that could literally <laughs> be any amount of beer to me that could be the tiniest thimbleful, or that could be like a giant keg. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I, it's funny, isn't it? Because we live in a, it's predominantly metric, but with little hints of imperial here and there. Um, so I recognize a litre and a half litre, etc. Yeah. D- d- metric system's great because everyone can understand it. It, it makes logical sense. Um, then I know a pint and I know a half pint. Anything like a fluid ounce, what is that? Yeah, well, I've genuine, generally got no clue. It's probably written on the side of my measuring jug. I'm never going to look at it. It's like I'm going to put some tape on that side of the measuring jug and just pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. What is what is, what is is 16 fluid ounces? Answers on a postcard, please. Well, answers on a tall can, clearly. But um, <laughs> the, the, the similar thing to that is Fahrenheit degrees as well. I, genuinely, you could say any number to me in Fahrenheit degrees, and I'd be like, oh, that sounds, sounds toasty. Sounds nice. Yeah, like um, uh, talk to Americans, especially my colleagues. And I, was, I was like, yeah, 69, 70 degrees today. I'm like, great. Literally zero idea what that means. And I feel like it's too late for me to learn at this point, you know? I'm in my 30s now. I'm never going to understand it. I'm just going to I'm just going to pretend that I know what they're talking about. So a starting point for you, 32 degrees Fahrenheit is 0 degrees Celsius. No, I, I refuse to accept that. <laughs> that that's not a tra- that's not a scale that translates. <laughs> that, that makes zero sense. Um this is how you work out what a Fahrenheit temperature is in Celsius. I've just had a look because I don't remember any of this nonsense. Fahrenheit is stupid. Um, the only good thing from Fahrenheit is that it was used in the name of a very good book. Yes. Um, Fahrenheit 420. Fa- Fahrenheit 42069. <laughs> um, so you take the Fahrenheit measurement, measurement, the temperature, and you take 32 off that. 
then you multiply the number by five and then you divide that number by nine and that will get you to what it is in celsius is that actually it or are you fucking no no this is it i just had a look that's how you work out fahrenheit Uh, that's how you work out celsius from fahrenheit no wonder i'm confused and i'm good at maths (laughs) i'm not i got an a star in my gcse would you believe I got a B in maths at GCSE, and I was just like, thank God for that. I never have to think about numbers ever again in my life. I'm never, literally never going to see a number ever. Triangle, fuck off. No time for triangles. <laughs> Four sides or more is Rob's rule. Pythagoras, Pythagoras, to fuck. <laughs> I should have given you more time to work on that one. I'm sorry. I should have pre-warned you there'd be some Pythagoras content. Ah, uh, I know, I know. But I, th- I think the passion behind my hatred for Pythagoras's theorem is uh, is is there for all to see. Yeah. Do do not ever mention the hypotenuse on this podcast. <laughs> We're a hypotenuse-free zone. Don't come to me or my large adult son with angles ever again. You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding, talking about the hypotenuse. Asking me if A plus B equals C. Yeah. Outrageous. You you, Um, you talk to me about the hypotenuse when really what I wanted was some Harry Potter news. (laughs) I've never made Um, that joke before. I can't believe I've never made that joke before. I love it. It's very good. It's very good. Um, so, so, um, uh, the, the world is on fire. It is indeed. Yes. To quote, um, the great philosopher of our time, Chris Isaac, no one can save me, but tall girl, (laughs) tall girl too. Yeah. Someone's out there playing a wicked game and those people (laughs) are Netflix churning out content. Such as Tall Girl 2. <laughs> Too Tall, Too Girl. Tall Girl 2, the sequel no one asked for and nobody wanted. Literally no one. Um, so Paddy. Do, do you think there were people out there who genuinely were like, like teenagers maybe, who genuinely were like, I love this film and would love to see a sequel. I really care what Dusty Dinkleman does <laughs> now that he's he's got his girl. Um, I think that... Um... The, there were some people who moderately enjoyed the first one. And that's about as far as it went. So I'm not sure where the the furor for a um for, for, for a sequel came from. I don't think anyone was super passionate about Tall Girl. Yeah, and that's the part that I find interesting about the whole Netflix content machine, isn't it? It's the stuff that they that gets the sequels. It doesn't necessarily even have to be super successful anymore. It just has to do well enough to sort of make its money back. I mean, obviously nobody knows how much money Netflix films are making on an individual basis, but that's not really the point, is it? They have this vast content empire and this is the sort of perfect example of the stuff that it just kind of churns out, isn't it? It could yeah, have been written by an algorithm. It's it's the kind of thing that the the the, the horror movie um sort of enterprise that that kind of content machine does as well where you you calculate how much the movies cost to make and then you make back that and then you think can we do the same again with a sequel let's do a sequel let's do another sequel let's do another sequel until it reaches the point where you don't think it's viable anymore and i think that's kind of where netflix has got to where if they do have that initial success and they can calculate if there's going to be interest in a sequel regardless of its quality they'll do something um and there's a reason why you don't get many sequels to romantic comedies. Yeah. Um, all sorts of other kinds of movies, you know, horror movies, action movies, thrillers, even other kinds of comedy, you get a sequel to. But there's a reason why the rom-com genre in particular is always so difficult to do a sequel to, and that's because th- there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> When your story's over. And this is the same trapping that every single Netflix rom-com sequel's fallen into. Yeah, I mean, even, even Beethoven's even... second didn't quite measure up. Did it? <laughs> no, exactly. But if you think about To All The Boys I Love Before, which is a wonderful little movie, the, even the sequel to that, with a lot of the same people involved, really struggled to get off the ground and really struggled to make an impact. Yeah, and then I can't remember um, if the third one was better or worse. I seem to remember the third one being 
better than the second one, but still nowhere near as good as the first. Yeah, and those are based on books as well. Yeah. And I think actually it's a it's perhaps a content problem, isn't it? Is that once you have that sweet resolution of the the two love leads getting together, then it's very, very difficult to to continue that story in a way that is satisfying, isn't it? Because that's a that's one of the kind of seven basic stories. They get together, there it is, you know? Yeah, and and to to try and do something with that you need to then split them apart for some reason um and then it's either they then veer off towards other love interests which would hideously annoy everyone who watched the first movie or they get that get back together which always has to happen in a contrived way and you can see that in you know Bridget Jones 2 is another perfect example of that where that's one of the better rom-com sequels um, and even that felt very contrived and silly, the way that they split them up and then got them back together again, for instance. And then they made a third one, which was <laughs> they, total rubbish. And then they did the third one. Um, I have to but, say, we I'm looking through the list of films that we've watched before. I'm look, To all the films we've watched before, we love you. <laughs> I'm looking down our, our list of shows and I'm, I'm thinking, are there any good like, rom-com sequels? And I say, we have to make an exception for holiday content because The Princess Switch 3 Romance in the Star was very good and I love <laughs> Vanessa true. Hudgens. That's I'll watch true. her in any sequel. Um, I think, you know, I wasn't as big a fan as, of Mamma Mia 2 and I suppose that's kind of... It kind of doesn't count because it's a musical rather than a rom-com as well. But that was a pretty good sequel. Yeah, I think musicals also we have to make an exception for. I mean, that's that's hanging a story off of the songs of ABBA, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nobody actually really cares about Dominic Cooper and um, Amanda Seyfried's love story. So if it's like, oh, there's going to be some drama with them, whatever. Bring me the ABBA songs that weren't used in the first one. How, somehow <laughs> you did not get to Waterloo. So please show me Hugh Skinner prancing around playing a baguette like a saxophone. That is what I want. <laughs> exactly exactly um so i've heard good things about legally blonde too oh interesting not that it's good but that it's enjoyable when was um was that made soon after or was there a gap um i don't know because that can make a difference sometimes can't it like sometimes if they sort of vaguely planned it or can get the original cast back to re- to capture some of the magic then sometimes it can be decent yeah so so legally blonde 2 came out a couple of years afterwards um having a look here um it had a lot of the same people in it um from the first movie so luke wilson uh, jennifer coolidge made a return um, and obviously, Reese Reese Witherspoon was in it again. Okay, uh, I th- I think generally critics despised it, but fans of the original enjoyed it. Critics, what do they know? What do they know? They know nothing. The critics they... also despised Grease too, and you know <laughs> that has the song "Cool Rider" in it. Michelle Pfeiffer truly, wants a cool rider. So, truly you know. awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I think in general, I think you're right. Um, rom coms and sequels don't mix. Frozen 2? Not not a rom-com, obviously, but you hated that as well. I didn't hate it, but it was just completely a, a wasted movie. It was pointless. Nothing happened. Um trying to think of trying to think of other ones. The Kissing but Booth 2 was, was not was as good. Bad. <laughs> There's a third <laughs> one, bad. isn't there? There is, yeah. We didn't get around to watching it last year, so we've got to we've got to tackle that at some point. Um I think um Miss Congeniality had a sequel. Oh really? Which had the best sort of subheader ever for its name. So it was Miss Congeniality 2 Armed and Fabulous. <laughs> um, that's, that's good. <laughs> which is brilliant. Uh, but I have no idea if it's any good or not. That does make me want to watch it. Yeah, we we maybe should. But but Tool Tool Girl is not armed nor fabulous. Um I don't know. She might be armed. What are the open carry laws in Louisiana? She has arms. She has arms. Um, A a, a brief recap of Tall Girl 1. There's a Tall Girl. Which you are given at the beginning of Tall Girl 2 in case you haven't seen Tall Girl 1. In case you can't grasp the basic concept. (laughs) There's no need to watch the movie where the entire plot is explained in the title. She is a Tall Girl people are mean to her because she's a tall girl she comes to recognize that she is a tall girl and then she goes out with a short little runt of a man who has been negging her since age five and eventually gives in to go out with him (laughs) that's the plot of tall girl tall girl 2 on the other hand is 
a load of old rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, so this falls into exactly the same bullshit trappings of all the other Netflix rom-com sequels, doesn't it? So you have um, a weak breakup between the two characters. And I think this is probably the worst example of a bad breakup in one of these movies of the ones we've watched. Or one that's just completely unbelievable. It's completely unbelievable. Not it comes real. out of nowhere. Um, they're there having lunch, Tall Girl and Runt Boy. We'll call him Ducky because that's all he is. He is just a bad imitation of Ducky. He is a duck. Pink. Yeah. He is literally a duck. Um, it would have been more interesting if she was dating a duck. I mean, the thing is that he does look like the new duck Pokemon from the upcoming Pokemon games. Oh, really? What's um, its name? So uh, I'm just searching for it now. I hate him immediately. He also looks a um, bit like Donald Duck. <laughs> uh, he he is called... Um, oh, what's his, what's his name? I'm trying to find Duckleman. it now. I'm going to have... I'm Duckleman. Duckle, I'm gonna to have to go to my Twitter account because I despise Duckleman. this duck. This oh, have duck you? Pokemon. Have you tweeted about how much you despise have, this duck? I have Pokemon. already talked about how much I hate this duck. Um, his name is Quaxley. Quaxley. Oh yes, he looks, you did tell me about this. He looks. I didn't lot, even register that it was a duck. He looks a lot like Ducky from this. The same hair, the same demeanor, the same weak legs. <laughs> Um, and uh, as I said to you, he looks like the kind of guy who, um, who would look at the band t-shirt you're wearing and ask you to name three of their albums. Yeah. That's exactly who, who, who Ducky slash. Completely unironically, never knowing that it's a mean. What's his character called? Dunkleman. 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 Which again is, is very similar to Dusty Dinkleman, which was the name of the... (laughs) It's not quite antagonist character in the worst film ever made, just friends. <laughs> yes, it is actually the worst film ever made. And it is a shame because Griffin Gluck, excellent name in real life. Yeah. Excellent real life name. I very much appreciate um, that name. And I, I think even though I find him in these films very annoying, I think I said this on the last one, that I think him and all of the cast probably are good actors who have great things ahead of them and i'll be yeah. interested to see what other stuff he does next and where his career goes so yeah i, I, mean, I wish uh, him no ill but i find uh, him very objectionable in this film yeah as mentioned he is an american vandal which is extremely funny oh um, yes. he was also in lock and key which got a lot of good reviews for people who like that sort of thing sort of that's lock with an e on the end yes it's like a a, a, a kid's horror adventure fantasy story right. um, based on books i think and and the people that like that kind of stuff liked it a lot so i think you know he's clearly a talented kid but his character is truly awful a war crime of a rom-com character <laughs> i think is the best way to put it um so yeah so they split up because they're there at lunch at um at their school and neither of them can they, they've had a little fight and then they're like just so you want to break up with me and then he goes okay i want to break up with you and then they break up and it's like that that's the, the worst thing i've ever seen the setup um, for it has has that really annoying thing where it's like that both of them are given bad advice by people and it's like you're supposed to be okay with that it's like that's supposed to be funny but actually that's a thing that happens quite a lot in life where people give you bad relationship advice and then you act on it not me personally but like you know it's, it's <laughs> you're, you're I think the it's one giving bad advice yeah yeah i'm always Just on the other side of the table yeah i've got this this problem <laughs> in my relationship what should i do buy her 10 dogs <laughs> You've got two options. You can dump her or you can buy her a dog. That's the only two options. Yeah. She's got. allergic to dogs. Don't care. Don't care. Dump her then. Get a hypoallergenic labradoodle. Get a dog. Shave it every day. Give it a shave. Because <laughs> um, there's nothing nothing that you want to wake, wake up to more than a shaven dog. Or waking up in the morning to shave a dog. Yeah. The other option. <laughs> Um, you get something like a poodle so it's kind of like shearing a sheep yeah pretend you're a farmer yeah exactly exactly um so so anyway so they break up that's 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 bullet one of bullshit from other netflix netflix rom-com series yeah no no, i I want to dig into the um the bad advice because basically both sides yeah so she's told by like her sister and her parents oh you can't be the first one to crack and then i think he's told the same thing by he doesn't have any friends does he he is it it his, his dad is it his dad's his his weird dad, who's sort of like a rubbish Billy Crystal alike. It's um, it is Chris Wilde. 
Um, who's not been sure in, if I know him. Been in bits and bobs over the years. Right. Um, I'm trying. I don't know if you'd you'd Chris kn- Wilde as Corey Dunkelman. I don't know if you'd know him from anything. He's he's in the Babysitter movies, which are quite good fun sort of horror comedies. Um, but I'm not sure if you'd. I don't know if there's anything there that you'd recognise apart from he has a role as uh, college guy in Coyote Ugly. <laughs> college guy. How did we miss that? Um, so yeah. Um, so so yeah. So so he's in. Um, yeah, so so maybe it's the maybe it's the the opposite of the supportive dad speech, the incredibly unhelpful dad speech. <laughs> yeah, but at least they've taken a trope there and turned it on its head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, what were you going to say about the about the bad advice? Just oh, just that. Yeah, that's it. So both sides give them really bad advice, and then they act on it, and they actually break up. When it's like both of them are th- saying like they don't want to be the first one to back down, and then eventually, yeah, that leads to them both acting out, <laughs> saying. I want to break up and then that actually being the breakup and even you can tell in their performances that they don't believe that and that is total nonsense. Yeah, yeah, there's there's nothing believable about it. I will say though that Tall Girl's parents are funny when yeah. they say relationships are about power, who has it and who doesn't. I love their terrible advice. Yeah, Steve Zahn and Angela from The Office yes, are a perfect yeah. couple. They and are they extremely the good. Um, once again, you know they they were the the shining light of the first movie, and they're extremely good again again here. It's the 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 quirky parents. Yeah, Angela does a great job of like goofing around as well and bringing some levity to this. And she's yes. talking about being on the yeah. TikToks and stuff in a way that is is embarrassing but funny. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, which is which is great. But yeah, so so that's one of the bullshit trappings of the Netflix rom com, uh, of the of the Netflix rom com sequel. The other stuff we've got is we've got unnecessary love triangle with handsome newcomer. Yeah. Um, so we have... Which doesn't even really go anywhere, though. That's the thing. No. You know that he's... You just know that he's not actually really a threat. And she kisses him, fine. But actually, he's a way nicer and more attractive and more handsome guy than Dusty Dinkleman. So why doesn't she just date him? <laughs> he he's is, cool. He, is, he seems like a cool guy. He is far better in every he's way. He's a cool rider. Than, than Dusty Dinkleman. <laughs> He is a cool rider. Um, yeah, he he comes in. He's immediately supportive and friendly to her. He helps to try and get her to come out of her shell to become this this actor as well. Uh, far more handsome, and can actually connect with her in ways that which which Ducky never has. Um, which is which is amazing. <laughs> you know, this guy genuinely seems like a good fella um but yeah obviously you know it doesn't go anywhere and it and the whole the whole um love triangle thing gets dropped incredibly quickly and even when she tells him like oh yeah i know i kissed you but i think i've still got this thing and whatever he's like super supportive and he's like we don't <laughs> yeah. have to rush into anything or whatever and they're like man you are wasting your energy and good vibes on this girl no exactly i mean he should have he should have gone off and 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 gone out with the new swede <laughs> Yeah, she didn't get the, with anyone. The new introduction, Swede. Um, so, <laughs> sister of the son of Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I was very um, pleased to see the yeah, the guy who looks like Alucard come back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad he's in this again. And th- I thought he wasn't going to be in. And, and this this pulls into a, another part of the terrible rom com sequels on Netflix thing, which is they shift the focus away from the main couple because they know they can't do anything fun with them into the side characters we don't care about so um oh yeah. is 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 the tall swede gonna get together with the best friend is is the is the evil sidekick dude going to make the evil girl be nicer no one cares yeah <laughs> but the thing is that like even though it spent loads of time on that instead of the main two it felt like you'd get just invested enough in that side plot and then it would be back on Ducky and Tall Girl. And you'd be like, well, but that was happening now. Go over there. So it like it spent loads of disjointed time on each of those those relationships without actually making anything meaningful happen with any of them. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing meaningful happens to anybody in this movie, which is a ringing endorsement of its overall quality. The one thing I will say, though, is that I am glad we got more himbo steeg this time around (laughs) he is a good-natured soul in this movie as opposed to the mean-spirited troll that he was in the uh, the first one and so he's just trying to make things better and fucking it up constantly and i loved him in this 
and he was vulnerable. At one point, it looked like it was turning into a him and Ducky boy comedy, bro comedy. And I was like, yes, I want that. I want their friendship. I don't want any of the other stuff. I want them going on a road trip or something. Yeah, he he also had possibly the only moment where the young people were funny, where he, he helps Ducky make a meal for Tall Girl. Uh, I refuse to use either of their real character names, by the way. No, they are Ducky. The, the characters are so paper thin that they don't deserve <laughs> they're, to they're, they're, they're Ducky and Tall Girl, um, which is also the name of my, my new band. Um, yeah, Ducky and Tall Girl. <laughs> the Crime Ooh. Busters of the Sea. <laughs> um yeah so, so he helps he helps ducky make a meal because ducky messes up because he's a useless human being who adds nothing to society he tries to um, make a turducken which also is a terrible food for a date i mean i'm not <laughs> saying i wouldn't eat it but that's like a very hearty yeah thing for like a holiday dinner isn't it yeah if two people don't eat a turducken together <laughs> that is a family food um so so thankfully thankfully our beautiful himbo boy gets involved and and is able to make the food for them and he then acts as the waiter in that scene and it's very funny because he's very sweet and saying all the waiter stuff and then after they've had their stupid argument over dinner he says uh, do you want me to rub something up for you and it's just like okay that's funny that's a funny moment from a young person in this movie fair fucks yeah um, and, and again and then- in, in the first film he was just like you you didn't believe it when he was mean-spirited because actually initially his character was was nice and friendly and all that stuff and when he turned into a bit of a troll you were like oh that's just contrived Whereas yeah, in this one, yeah, yeah, they've sort of realised that and they've not gone down that road. They've gone like, actually, yeah, he's a sweet, vulnerable, lovely guy who deserves to have fun. Yeah, and it, and it's all the better for it because, like you said, it didn't really feel genuine in the first movie. Um, and then you get introduced to his sister, uh, Stella. Uh, of course, just throw another random character in there who you're now <laughs> supposed to care about, even though yeah. she's only in like three scenes. She's in like three scenes, but I love the energy that she brings to this movie, that character. Um, I want Tool Girl 3, when it comes out, to have at least 20 visiting Swedes absolutely wrecking shit destroying all of the cultural norms of this high school and doing whatever the hell they want you know serving up lutvisk at lunch whatever um <laughs> do they lutvisk in in sweden i think so i know yeah, they do in but i know they do in norway i don't know whether it, it crosses the, the the nation divides um but yeah i want i want them doing stuff like that just absolute nonsense maybe maybe the third movie should completely do away with tall girl and have annoying best friend going to Sweden, and then we have an entire school of Swedes. Yeah, so maybe it that's up. what we should do. Short girl, <laughs> <laughs> do, do do short girl. Yeah, um, Swedish instead. exchange. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what we want. That's what we want. But Netflix, come on, guys. We we know you want to be yeah, ambitious. Come on, Sweden. Here. Give us your money. <laughs> You get the Swedish government to put some money into it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, so so they do a lot of focus on um, on on random random characters that we don't care about. the The Swedish stuff is fun, but again, it's not really. It's all kind of service level. His his relationship with Ducky, um, his relationship with best friend Farida, I think her name is yeah we'll say her name we'll say her name she deserves it yeah um, she was cool yeah. and there's a whole thing about yeah she's designing some clothes and they put they mark them down at a discount in the store where they're selling them and then Stieg buys them all because he likes her that's a sweet moment it is and that brings us on to the other way in which this movie aligns with the other terrible sequels which is extra random bullshit story arcs that add literally <laughs> nothing so you've got <laughs> Uh, They've got 97 minutes to fill. How else are they going to do it? I don't know why this movie needed to be 97 minutes. I know. Somehow I looked at the timer. I'm like, this is clearly like a really climactic moment. And as there's still 20 minutes left, I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) But the first film had like quite odd pacing as well. It did. It It did. Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, you've got things like Farida makes clothes. Uh, You've got Ducky and sister forming a pact to, to not be in love and, and, stay out of relationships and then you think is that going to be the sort of love trial thing or love triangle thing or is that going to be the kind of like oh they're going to realize they're going to say that this is their pact and that's going to bring them together and then they're going to get together that would have been interesting and that would have been interesting but no of course they don't do that 
they've got, they didn't have enough time in those 97 minutes to do something like that did they um so uh yeah so so that doesn't go anywhere and you just get a few scenes of them going on instagram and stuff like that completely pointless you've got all the stuff around the the play that no one cares about yeah, you get the play. film telling you that ducky's living his best life all the characters are saying it to each other all the time telling you the plot he's literally living his best life did you know he's living his best <laughs> life he's living his best life i i was i was really shocked to discover that he was living his best life yeah um and and yeah so you've got all of these different plot points that don't really go anywhere don't really add anything and all kind of peter out and vaguely resolve so you don't get that satisfaction of seeing a full story through to the end because it's all these piecemeal bits that that come up and 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 dissipate very quickly um which is which is great so so in instead i found my attention drifting to how much of a freak ducky is um and that's the main focus of the film right so so there's there's how much of a freak he is in terms of the way he dresses and the way he looks and then there's how much of a freak he is in terms of his personality so uh starting with the way he looks he's always got his shirt tucked into his trousers yeah what the hell is up with that mate come on you're a, you're a teenage boy you're not a 40 year old counselor in a conservative <laughs> in a conservative <laughs> hamlet in the middle of hertfordshire you know he's appeared on zoom and told someone that they have no authority here <laughs> exactly exactly what is up with that though did you think the same thing he dresses really strange really odd yeah he's always wearing like weird suits and stuff yeah and you're just like yeah. if you wore that stuff to high school you would get beaten up by the jocks i think that they're, they're they're again they're going for a pretty and pink vibe with it but it doesn't work it doesn't work <laughs> it because like, really it's just odd. him it's just him the rest of them all seem to dress normally and then he's just like it's supposed to make us think that he's quirky and interesting, but you just think he's a weird nerd. Like if 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 I I know the weird nerds that went to my school, and you knew not to get associated with them because eventually they were going to say something positive about Hitler, and that's yeah. the <laughs> that's the that's the vibe you get from this guy, don't you? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna show you a podcast that will really open your eyes to what's really going on in the world. That, yeah that's ducky he's going to ask you to come to the library and then he's going to show you like how to research flat earth or whatever. <laughs> exactly that's ducky the reason he's short is because gravity's not real that's what he's taught himself oh right yeah 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 um, <laughs> so he's investigating the hollow earth next <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so so he dresses weird but he's also a weird possessive freak again um the first the, the first movie had a real problem with this where he was constantly being negative to tall girl and saying you should settle for me basically that was that was the message of the first movie yeah i'm um, your creepy best friend you're never going to do any better than me and and i'll say that this film is slightly better in its overall messaging um in terms of being self-confident and doing things that you're passionate about but it's still pretty not great and ducky to begin the movie is especially bad at this where he gets very annoyed that she might want to not have a three-month anniversary dinner with him and would want to go rehearse her lines for a play she's very nervous about yeah and that's what then causes them to break up is that she does want to go and do that um and yeah it's, after he said that it's okay yes yeah because it's emotional manipulation he wants her to think that he's a cool guy and a, a nice guy when he's not um and so yeah so he's a weird possessive possessive freak again and by the end of the movie he's become more supportive which is great but that's maybe what his character arc should have been in the first film yeah if you really wanted to believe that he was a turning into a a guy who's suitable to go out with this this woman um maybe that's what he should have done in the first movie rather than the second one because in the first film he's yeah. just progressively an asshole it's like they took one and a half movies to realize that he was the one who needed to change rather than her needing to change <laughs> needing and realize to that she needed him. to go out with him a weird yeah. freak who doesn't need to change at all yeah exactly exactly it's it's extremely bad um and so yeah the messaging here is slightly better but it's still not great and this movie is far worse than the first one <laughs> overall so it doesn't really help matters much um so yeah this is this is not great and and then you get ducky as cucky where where tall girl has sort of actual chemistry with um with what's his name tommy torres 
Tommy, yeah. Is our is our man. And he's handsome and he wears a leather jacket and he knows how to dance and how to sing. He's and a is charismatic all around, actor. All round a bit of a dude. Um and then you get that one scene where you're like, oh, there's a little frisson of 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 something between them, and then they kiss. So they do their little rehearsal in the in the park at night, um, yeah. after he said about how he felt like an outsider. Um here, here's here's something that really really ground my gears about this film yeah um where he says oh i felt like an outsider too and she goes oh really um tommy torres is um you know um latinx i suppose um it's not really established but i imagine that in a predominantly white high school (laughs) He probably would have felt like an outsider yeah. at some point. And she just cannot see this man must never have felt like an outsider, not like me, a tall person. No, and then to make it much, much worse, it then goes down the route of extreme fat phobia by being yes. like, Oh, I used to be fat. I used to be it's fat. Like, oh, now the film I'm not. couldn't possibly actually show someone who isn't a perfect body weight like the assumed stereotypical perfect body weight that society thinks we should all be which people aren't it's like oh yeah i used to be that but now i'm fine guys it's all good i got over it and and you should too and it's like yeah if it really wanted to go down that road it could have been so good if it actually did show someone who was of an atypical body type being happy with themselves but that's something you never see on film is it no no and that's the thing is (laughs) tool girl as a franchise the whole framing device is this body positivity thing about being confident even if you're tall but then this movie completely undermines it by having this character basically be like oh i felt really bad about myself and i didn't feel supported and i felt really alone but then i lost a load of weight and everything was fine it's like no that's not (laughs) what the message should be here it's like the worst possible message you could be giving to a teen audience yeah and it's it's a shame that it had to come from the one character who was actually charismatic as well yeah yeah the 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 most likable character in this entire series so far um and it's just like no that's such a bad message so yeah not only did they miss out on a chance and say hey maybe we should look at our you know our unconscious bias around race he could have said oh yeah well you know i'm i'm not white and i'm at your white high school what i've i felt out of place sometimes they could have had that conversation um which you know kids aren't stupid they would be able to recognize that when that came up in a movie like this and that could have been a really powerful messaging for them to use um or they could have not had it go down fat phobia yeah <laughs> any anything else but instead yeah they they missed two like fish in a barrel somehow here it's just it's lazy just, it's, it? It, it is lazy that's what it that's what it is it's lazy they didn't think outside of the i'm tall and isolated to think how they could actually talk about other people that feel isolated um and i think that's a pretty <laughs> pretty bad oversight guys yeah and the, the only reason they ever touch on anyone else's problems at any point is just in service of her problems yeah. which are now bullshit problems to do with nothing because it's a sequel where she's actually fine and she's really popular and she's having a great time but they have to add in some stuff saying that like she hears a voice in her head or whatever and you're just like Ugh. someone whispers to her you're not good at singing um yeah the, the the her she has become incredibly popular really well loved no one makes fun of her for being tall apart from one guy making a vague comment towards someone when they get ice cream yeah and it's like okay fine um and, you know, we, we talked about it in the first movie is like t- tall people do get, you know, bad comments from people. And it is sometimes I've had it. to be tall. Yeah. Yeah. As you know. Um, so, you know, it, it is something that can be talked about. But here she's now beloved. She is beloved by everyone at her school. Even the person who hates her comes around to being her best supporter by the end of the film and is the one who allows her to go and do her stupid musical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The person whose character only exists to be a kind of pretend antagonist, yeah, who then yeah. has to be essential to her, her getting back on stage and doing the musical, just because they've made all these scenes of, with her in and realised, oh, that actually kind of has to go somewhere, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just completely pointless, and yeah, the, the movie completely loses the message of the first one as well, which is which is not great um so yeah so poor poor old um 
poor, poor old everyone involved in this movie, he wanted to see an actual message. Yeah, there's not even the emotional prom speech, is there? No, no, there's no prom here. They do a they do a play and then they turn up at a party where there's an awful lot of 30-year-olds for a high school party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very odd. <laughs> Could they not get teenagers to come along and be extras? Do they have to get the friends and family of the people making it to come along? <laughs> Maybe they did. Um, really? Yeah, they do really a musical. Odd. They do Bye Bye Birdie, which is not one I'm familiar with. Are you? It's it's based on Tweety Pie. Oh right, okay. Yeah, that's what it's that's what it's about. <laughs> that would be um, why she was tweeting all the time. <laughs> exactly. That's a social media joke because teenagers love they, social media. They, yeah, teenagers love Twitter. The, the They're hell, all on the Twitter. Hell, the hell site. Bye bye, Birdie. <laughs> I think is. I don't know if it's based on a play, but it was certainly a film. Um. So just having like yes, it was a stage musical and then became a oh look, it had Dick Van Dyke in it on Broadway. Oh there we go. There you go. Um so I'm not reading this entire synopsis to find out what it's about. I assume it's about a bird that tries to escape from a it zoo. It goes away. Yeah. An an ostrich tries to escape a zoo and it falls in love. And sings a song, bye bye birdie, birdie, goodbye. <laughs> that's the, that's the yeah. famous song from it. That's the, that's the famous song. But what's interesting is we watched um, the film I Want You Back last week, which integrated the Little Shop of Horrors into its plot very, very successfully. And here they, they maybe could have done that if they'd had like a good musical to integrate and it could have been a lot of fun. But instead it was just like, we'll include maybe a couple of the musical numbers done in a slightly modern way, I guess, but not really actually make it integral. And not that you have to do that every time there's a, mu- a musical as mentioned, but I just thought as we'd seen that done well recently, it jarred a bit. It was it was interesting, wasn't it? Because they they made that a very important part of the plot and a key emotional moment. Whereas here you get to see them dance and that's the payoff. <laughs> yeah. You see them you see them dance a little dance on a at a at a play that feels far too elaborate and far too expensive for a high school production. Yeah. <laughs> and she can dance without kicking someone in the face. Yeah, that's what that's her character. That's arc. her character arc. <laughs> I now don't kick someone in the face. Um yeah, it's uh it's it's yeah, it's uh, and again a missed opportunity to do something interesting there, isn't it? Yeah. I've got two other notes here. One in all caps, she burnt her horrible shoes, which yep. she does. She, the shoes that he gave her. Yeah, it's a big emotional moment. She throws some shoes in a fire <laughs> and then gets them out immediately. Um, and then the other thing I put was, it's a very boring film. <laughs> that was the last <laughs> thing I wrote, I think, towards the end of the film, just as it was closing up. And it is a boring film. This is an incredibly dull movie. Yep. It's very boring. Um, it's yeah. It's 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 not great at all, um, and it has not gone over well with critics or oh, yeah. with audiences. No one, no one, no one liked this. Everyone disliked this. Um. So so here's here's a couple of examples. Um. So the New York Times said the plot is scattershot, the drama and size. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. All um, of it is just kind of real high school fluff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And it's like just because it's something that might have felt emotional in high school doesn't mean that it's actually going to f- translate to the screen, right? No, no, exactly, exactly. Um another good one here from Movie Nation by Roger Moore. I hope the <laughs> Roger Moore. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, about... You would change your name if that was your name, wouldn't you? <laughs> Unless his name was Sean Connery. And he uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, I've got he only, there are only a few Roger Moore. Can, only a few places you can go from there. Um, so Roger Moore said about the best one can say about Tall Girl 2 is that in addition to never surprising and never moving us emotionally, it never offends. <laughs> um... I don't know. I was offended by Ducky, and I was offended by its fat phobia. Uh, here's here's a let, let's go on to some user reviews here instead. So here's Bailey oh, Tom two four six. Tall girl two left me dead inside. 
<laughs> this is further proof that Netflix only panders to the brain-dead consumer that will suck up literally anything. Two out of ten, go eat shit, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> that took a turn. It really did, didn't it? Gave it a two out of ten. Um, uh, you, you've now got J. Louis 001, um, who writes a bit of an essay here. Oh. So I'll, I'll I'll pick out some key. Probably things. still less boring than than watching the film. So yeah, hit me with it. Uh, so okay, in fact, in fact, you know what? Let's let's read it all out. We'll do. We'll give it a good dramatic reading. The first movie that basically just exploited the insecurities of a privileged young woman over something as banal as her height got its good reception, and Netflix probably said, "Let's do the sequel, keep everything in place, and that's it. We've got a new cheap release to keep stuffing the catalog." It can be argued that some teens will find something that resonates with them or feels too close for home, but that's the shattering weakness of the story because it's not about you feeling connected to the character for accepting herself, but finding your own insecurities and believing that these must define you as they defined her since the first movie, because her character can't go a damn moment without mentioning her height. We know the story is called Tall Girl and we can see it, we don't need a reminder. This really looks like the narrative is telling the audience that they have things they can mould in order to project a confidence they probably don't feel, and it's the best they can hope for to get through that stage of their lives. How insulting is that? Um, all good points, J. Luis underscore zero zero one. All Did, good yeah, points. Yeah, didn't pull any punches, and I agree with all of that. That's yeah. basically what we said, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there's nothing about positivity here. It's all about perception the way that people perceive you um and it's it's yeah it's 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 not good messaging at all it's not positive at all and um yeah it's it's disappointing it's disappointing because the first movie you know wasn't great in that regard but at least it was vaguely like hey don't make fun of tall people yeah but it didn't have a backstreet boys song in it did it so. no no was it a real backstreet boys song at the end of this yeah that's a real backstreet boys song isn't it that as ma- long as you love me. Well, I, I was just wondering if the version they used was a real one or if it was a cover. Who knows? I think um, it was the real one. That will be where all the budget went then. Yeah, they didn't have the budget for any other good songs. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Apart from the ones from Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah. I'm a Tweety Unless Pie. out of copyright. <laughs> I eat cherry pie. <laughs> I eat cherry pie. <laughs> I am Tweety Pie. <laughs> a fam- famous jam by Warrant was actually a cover of a song from a fifties musical, or uh, or or Be My Frankenstein by um, by Alice Cooper could be Be My Tweety Pie. Um. <laughs> anyway, right. Is there anything else you want to say about this movie? No, it's boring. It's not good. Don't watch it. There's better stuff out there. It is. It is not good. Um, Thumbs down. I have got two little bits of trivia for you, if you want them. Sure. Um, So they're putting on the play Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, Steve Zahn uh, met his wife while they were performing in a tour of Bye Bye Birdie in 1991. How nice is that? Oh, well, that's, that's nice. That's a nice thing about it. That is that is nice. And then apparently during the scene where where Tommy shows Toolgo how he got his nickname of Tommy Potamus, um, in the background you can see the faint shadow of Freddy Fazbear from the Five Nights at Freddy's series of video games. Do you know Five Nights at Freddy's? I've heard of this, but I don't really know what it is. So Five Nights at Freddy's is um it's it's a horror game series based on Chuck E. Cheese. Where you're a Charles Entertainment Charles Cheese. Entertainment Cheese, where you're a night watchman at this pizzeria, um, but the animatronics come to life at night and try to kill you. That's right. You've told me about this before. Yeah. And did they make a film with Nicolas Cage, or is that something else? No. So that that's I've... a movie that that rips off Five Nights at Freddy's. It's <laughs> right, basically okay. the same thing, um, but it's it's a rip off of it. But they are making a Five Nights at Freddy's movie as well. Right. Um, so that is that is on the cards. Um, so, so yeah, so that's like, oh, okay. I was, I, if I'd known that ahead of time, I would have kept an eye out because I, to be honest, I didn't spot it. Was that just a weird thing because someone who made the film likes that game? Maybe, maybe. It's, it's meant to be being worked on by Blumhouse, I think. 
okay. movie. So I was thinking, uh, oh, or maybe it's going to be a Netflix exclusive, and this is them leaving a little seed in there for people to notice later. But I, I, I don't oh, think the that's Netflix the case. Universe. <laughs> yeah, you could do a Five Nights at Freddy's crossover with the Christmas Prince. Yeah, <laughs> be great. Um, so well, uh, that's that's cool. But you know, why aren't there more Netflix films where there's like a very very subtle Easter egg about Castlevania in there? That's what I want. <laughs> Yeah, there's my Toka 2 touring cars. Easter egg, you <laughs> bastards. Worst game ever made. <laughs> Greatest game ever made. Maybe we should watch the film Cars, and then you can find that in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there is romance in it, to be fair. There is, the romance. And it is a better a film than Tall Girl 2. It is, it is, as bad as it is. Well, it's not bad, it's just there. I think it's not the, the best. No, Cars is just a movie that exists. Um, Tall, Tall Girl 2 is a movie that you wish didn't exist. Talking Cars is weird. <laughs> and I know Pixar's done a lot of weird stuff, but Talking Cars is particularly weird. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that there's something weird about it, particularly with the facial expressions. Yeah, that's it. They're all quite wide. Yeah, it's all a bit weird. It's all a bit Uncanny Valley. Um, not keen on it. Not keen on it at all. Um, and I'm also not keen on this movie, so shall we, shall we rate this yeah. bad boy? Yeah, sure. How many times do you want to punch Ducky in the face? It's not related to the film at all. <laughs> no. just... All right, well, I'll, I'll, 102. No. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, um, I'll give it, yeah, let's say a 4 out of 20. Yeah, I'm delivering Ducky three very strong punches to the face here. Yeah. Um, one for having a Backstreet Boys song to listen to on the credits. One point for... Tommy being charismatic and two for Angela and Steve Zahn, one each. Yeah, so I've got That's four. I've got one for one for Stieg and the Swedish contingent, one for handsome Tommy, and one for, for parents. And and that's it. That's all that's worth worth seeing in this movie. And to be honest, just don't. <laughs> it's it's not worth yeah. it. There um, are handsomer Swedes out there, I'm sure. <laughs> so uh what have we got next then? Well, I wasn't sure what to choose, but then earlier today I got an email from Disney Plus saying that they've just put up the new West Side Story. Ah, okay. Which has come from uh, from cinemas to Disney Plus quite quickly, so I thought that would be an, a good one to talk about. Something that actually might be good and is current and is a musical and is very long. So, <laughs> <laughs> Is it long, the new version? It's two hours, 38 minutes. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so you're going to need some time. I thought I'd tell you that. Before you go and find it. I want uh, to live in America. Yeah. There are no cats in America and the streets are paved with cheese. That's from West Side Story. <laughs> that is it? a yeah. definite West Side Story song, that one. Um, all right. Well, yeah, let's let's watch this then. Yeah. I think it did well critically. So yeah, people like I'd it. Be interested. People, I'm people quite like interested it. to see it. Um, yeah, obviously it won't be a patch on cats, but... You know, not the is, greatest musical of all time. What is? What is? <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. All right. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed hearing us talk about Tall Girl 2, certainly more than perhaps you enjoyed watching the film if you did watch it. Um, there's a link in our show notes to where you can give us money. It's just like a virtual tip jar. You can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod on the emails Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. Always love to hear from you. Um, and we will be back next week to talk about West Side Story 2022. Alrighty, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.